Welcome to the Nate Show. So to be fair, I did tell you last episode, for those of you that listened a few weeks ago, that there would be a new intro, or better yet, you wouldn't hear that old intro song ever again, that that was the last time you were going to hear it. And that was the last time you're going to hear it because there is a new intro song that is not quite ready yet, but I wanted to go ahead and post this episode because I had a lot of fun doing this episode. I had a very good friend, a very special guest join me on the show this week, so here it is. Um, my name is Mariska Hardiseltzer, <laughs> and um, I don't really know where I am right now, but... <laughs> Uh, you get used to it. So, do you know the term on the wagon, off the wagon, what that means? I've never fully been able to grasp um, what this means. Uh, so, I always thought it was, I'm if I'm on the wagon with my friends, we're all having fun and um, throwing back um, seltzers, if you will, or, you know, other things like beer whiskey like we're on the wagon and we're all having fun together but i was just told the other day that when you're off the wagon that's when you're drinking so so it's interesting because we had had that discussion we were out a few nights ago and we were discussing a mutual friend of ours whose baseball team had lost in the playoffs and we were saying oh, they're gonna be back on the wagon or off the wagon we were both really confused as to which one it was supposed to be so i wanted to start there in that obvious place today on your debut episode here by talking about alcoholism, of course. Mm -hmm. So I have some notes in front of me. This is a segment we call reading on the Nate show, even though I've never done it before. Um, The meaning of the phrase on the wagon, on the wagon means to abstain from alcohol off the wagon, return to drinking after an attempt to give it up. And what I'm always interested in is where do these things come from? Because you hear a lot of things thrown around um, like, you know, everything but the kitchen sink. Like, I have no idea where that terminology came from, but that's probably something else we should look into at some point. (laughs) Uh, But the origin of the phrase on the wagon, and I'm fighting through phlegm here, so bear with me, everybody. Um, Suggested explanations of the origin of on the wagon focus on actual wagons that were used to transport people. For example, condemned prisoners who had taken their last drink in this life and were transported to the gallows by wagon. Another story has it, that Evangeline Booth, the U.S. Salvation Army National Commander, toured the Bowery slums in a wagon picking up drinks and delivering them to sobriety. The phrase predates Booth's work in New York, so that can't be the origin, so I'm glad I wasted your all's time reading all that. (laughs) So they go on to talk about on the wagon was coined in the USA around the turn of the 20th century. The phrase began as on the water cart, migrated to on the water wagon, and then finally to on the wagon. Uh, the late 19th century saw the emergence of several temperance organizations, notably, you know what? Honestly, I don't feel like reading all this. It's so. a water wagon. <laughs> the wagon that you're on only has water. There's no alcohol. Just In make- order to get alcohol, you have to get off the wagon and find your friends in the ditch or wherever they are drinking. What so. I realized in the middle of that was I wasn't retaining any of this information so that I knew I knew then no one else was going <laughs> to retain it either because I was reading it so poorly. Um, But yeah, water wagons apparently were very common um, in the early 1900s. The first reference to it that's found is from Alice Caldwell Hegan's comic novel, Mrs. Wiggs of the Cabbage Patch in 1901. It says, I wanted to get him some whiskey, but Ho shuck his head. (laughs) I'm on the water cart. (laughs) Like She referred to him as a ho. Like I didn't know, but we're going to get into the end of this episode as a little teaser here some origins of some other phrases that are commonplace in culture that are much more interesting than this one, I think. 
Um, but I literally just now realized that she referred to him as Ho. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's pretty funny to me. Um, so is there anything regarding this whole wagon talk that you want to uh, discuss before we uh, move on from it? Well, it just sounds like it's more fun to be on the wagon. Absolutely. I can't emphasize. So, but if only water is on the wagon. I don't get it. Well, so here's the thing, too, and you might know more about this than I do, but us being um, Johnson City, Tennessee natives here, we play the song Wagon Wheel a lot around here because we're name dropped in it. And um, even though he gets his directions mixed up heading from Cumberland Gap to Johnson City, Tennessee, it's Mm -hmm. actually the wrong direction. Uh Anyway, doesn't matter. He can say whatever he wants to say. Is that song at all related to this topic? Or is a wagon wheel something completely different? Is it just a wheel, a wagon, a wheel on a wagon that's rocking? That's because it's loose. Oh my gosh! So I've bl- I've blocked out that entire <laughs> song from my my memory because it's something that East Tennesseans don't want to hear. Um, it does remind me though. Um, we can't turn it off because if you live in Johnson City, it's perpetually playing. No matter where uh-huh. you go, it's it's playing somewhere. It's like when people say it's five o'clock somewhere. Wagon Wheel is playing somewhere in Johnson City at all times. Mm-hmm. It's true. And if you don't mind, I might I might have to read this for you because it's kind of funny. They're really calling us out. We're going to do a little bit of reading definitely throughout this episode. This is our... Um, <laughs> this is my first time recording with Mariska here. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Our uh, one of our friends says it's your civic, it's your civil duty to stop bars, restaurants, friends from playing wagon wheel. Um, also, literally could have been civic, as you said, it, because it's yeah, it could, relating yeah. pertaining to Johnson City. <laughs> um, yeah, there were mixed reviews about it too in the comments, but he was really calling uh, people out that day and it's it's a struggle having to hear that song and hearing you know the tourists because they sing yeah. Johnson City Tennessee really loudly which is nice I mean it's nice to be you know it's nice to feel important in one of the more famous songs in American pop culture I guess but it's like maybe this is just me being jaded and a jerk but when there's like a local celebrity, no matter where it's from, I never make like a big deal about it because my thought is, well, they've got to be from somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, it's pretty cool that like Jason Witten played in the NFL for all these years and he's from literally just down the road in Elizabethan, but it's like he's got to be from somewhere. Like, mm-hmm. he still would have been anyway. So, one of the things that I thought would be good here is because I, I doubt that people in the early 1900s thought that there would be a podcast about what on the wagon meant. And so I want to take this opportunity to look even further into the future. Um, You have in front of you some visions of the future via the the original late night with David Letterman book from the eighties. But I Mm -hmm. I feel like these still hold up pretty well. So if you get a chance, see what you can find there and we'll give the the listening audience some visions of what the future is going to be according to Dave Letterman. So to introduce you to the world of the future, The technology being developed in today's research labs is going to affect us all. Life in the world of tomorrow will certainly be challenging and maybe even a little scary. 
That's why we'd like to give you a brief look at some things you can expect to see in the world of the future. And when was this book written? This was in the uh, mid to late 80s. I yeah. think it's 87, yeah. 88. Yep, yep. Or 85. Wow, I was way off. Yeah, 85. 85. Yeah. 85. The, so, the, the world of the future, according to 1985, David Letterman. <clears throat> and keep in mind real quick, for anyone that's unaware, Letterman was on the original Late Night on NBC for a little over 10 years before he jumped to CBS. There's a whole ugly thing. Jay Leno and the Tonight Show. It's well documented. You can do some research it, on that. Was Jay Leno always a bitch? <laughs> like, was he so, always just complaining about anybody? Um, I would say that there's definitely a level of vindictiveness, if that's a word. Um, that would be like his not greatest quality because he is indeed a really funny person. But yeah, there's a lot of things that went on. We can get into that sometime, but like that went on at NBC in the late 80s that were unseemly. Basically, Carson wanted Dave to be the guy that replaced him, but there was some seediness. Like Jay Leno at one point literally hid in a closet and like during an NBC executive meetings to hear like to hear what was said. Really? There's a lot of shady and weird stuff that went on and um I think that he and his camp had, had stories planted in the paper back when that was still a thing that Carson wanted Leno to replace it and it was just a really big, you know, ugly thing but here's the thing like johnny carson very very rarely made tv appearances after he retired mm -hmm. the only late night show that he ever went on after he retired was dave's he never went on leno's tonight show like so that's just kind of an interesting you know anyway it does remind me of um conan's tweet recently so it was it was the best subtweet i have read ever and he said it was in response to um, the debate the presidential debate the first one and he said i can't remember the last time i was this shocked by an nbc programming decision because <laughs> <laughs> um, that history so literally did repeat itself with yeah. conan and what you know it jay leno mm -hmm. again so <laughs> anyway yeah that's it's um uh, and again that's something we can dive much deeper into at some point because I'm always here to talk about the Tonight Show and, and Letterman and anything involved in, in late night TV mm -hmm. really so you see my big box set of Larry Sanders show over there oh um, yeah so like I'm all into stuff like that but um uh, we got <laughs> we got a little distracted there that's my fault yeah. um visions of the future according to Dave yeah. Letterman. The world of the future. Right. I'm just assuming you're going to put an echo on that. Like... Yeah, we, I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'll mix it up a little bit. Um, in the future, ordinary haircuts will be obsolete. Instead, you'll wear this haircut monitor, which will sound an ear-splitting siren when your hair reaches a present length. Designed to be worn at all times, it will weigh no more than a portable typewriter. If you ignore the siren, tiny laser torches will burn off the excess hair. No more inconvenient haircut appointments. Um, here's another engineering breakthrough, the long-range thermometer. It'll allow you to measure body temperatures up to 600 miles away. <laughs> Is the lead singer in your favorite band running a fever? You'll know in seconds. And there's a picture of Mick Jagger with a <laughs> with a temperature of 102 degrees. 102. So, 
in 2020, he may or may and not that have guy COVID. right there is really concerned about Jagger's temperature. Yeah, he's though. Like, oh, no, it's oh, 102. No. He's got to go to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so many good ones. I mean, we, we might have to save these. So many good. Yeah, there's a wow. lot of stuff in this book um, that I, <laughs> I just saw a couple things there that you flipped to. Like, mm-hmm. they make me laugh no matter what the situation. Mm-hmm camping with Barry White. Like there's so much stuff that I love in there. So I want to do this while you're thumbing through. This mm-hmm. this was sort of the the meat of the conversation that we had discussed several months ago. We're just now really getting around to talking about it. But to me it seems appropriate because um it's Halloween season, you know, as we're recording this, a lot of people are dressing up, you know, as spooky stuff. Spooky and, season. And, you know, ghosts and goblins and all that stuff. But I think one of the most common uh you know franchises or, or costumes over the last 50 years has been a batman costume uh, i know i've done it as a child and i know i've had family members dress up as like the joker just so that i can have you know that whole anyway so it's batman season to mm-hmm. me anytime it's halloween to me it's batman season so i wanted to kind of rattle off some of the best or kind of yeah, the best Batman portrayals that weren't in the comic books. You know, everyone's okay. familiar with the comics and everything. And I have a list here of mm-hmm. the live action uh, Batman. At least I think that I have it. I'm not okay. It's right in front of me. Um, since 1966, some of the live action uh, Batman, and we're gonna go through here and pick our favorites. Okay. Uh, our favorite uh, portrayal of Batman and also our favorite Batman film or TV show or whatever. So even if like you're a fan of the show Gotham and that's your favorite, we, that counts as well. So, <laughs> no. um, but as far, <laughs> fair enough, <laughs> as far as live action Batman have gone, we've got 1966 Adam West, which is iconic, um, super corny and campy, but iconic, uh, 1989, uh, Michael Keaton in, uh, Batman 1989. Great. Oh, Adam, by the way, Adam West, amazing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, yes. Um, Late night, I'll turn on Roku's free channel and it'll have uh, the old Batman. You were actually telling me about that. You were like, did you know oh, that's I'm on so Roku? Excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and I believe they did. They did the show and they also did a live action movie. So, Adam West has those portrayals. Michael mm-hmm. Keaton in Batman 89 and Batman Returns in 92, which are the Tim Burton. Uh, Batman movies, uh, Val Kilmer and Batman Forever, nineteen ninety five. George Clooney in Batman and Robin, nineteen ninety seven. Uh, Christian Bale and the Christopher Nolan trilogy. Ben Affleck um, in the Zack Snyder slash whatever those, and also mm-hmm. apparently in the Justice League, um, the HBO special or the the mini series uh, yeah, that they're yeah. going to do that should have been the movie. That whole mess. We'll talk about that in a second. And then upcoming Robert Pattinson. Um, I put as honorable mentions, Sexy. I put uh, absolutely good looking mm-hmm. cat. Um, good looking bat, rather. <laughs> um, Kevin Conroy from the animated series. I think that there's an entire generation of kids that uh-huh. are familiar, maybe not with the name Kevin Conroy, but with that voice. Like when you heard Batman speaking, you knew that that's what and who it was. Yep. Um, also, a few animated movies spawned from that. He also did the voice in the Arkham video games, or at least three of the four of them that have come out so far. And then uh, one of my favorite people in the world, uh, Will Arnett, does the voice of Batman for oh, the Lego yeah. series mm-hmm. of movies. So among the ones I just listed, and you know, I guess you don't have to pick just one, but what are some of the standouts from those actors and um, uh, 
films and everything. As I'll adjust your mic as you're talking, by the way. So. Okay. Well, I'm excited about the new Batman. And I'm always excited about something that looks like it's going to be really good. But you know how trailers can be. They're, yes. they're epic trailers. And then it's really embarrassing when, it, when you actually see the movie. Um, so... Robert Pattinson's Batman fulfills like all of my emo 2005 dreams. Yep. But if I'm g- actually going back to movies that I've seen, I mean, I think Michael Keaton. Yeah, you're when you say that, you're talking my language for sure. Yeah, Another Michael Keaton's that we Batman have a good friendship. Yeah. is just kooky enough and just creepy and a little bit sinister enough to like be like that well-rounded Batman that you're that you're wanting to see especially as a kid um what Val Kilmer was okay um I would love to um forget George Clooney um yeah and and Ben Affleck to be honest with you wish they didn't exist but you know um, there needs to be a bad one to make the others look even better I have a complicated relationship with this list that I just read off because I'll be admittedly, I don't know enough about the Adam West portrayal to really properly like grade it or whatever. I do know that it's legendary. I do know yeah. that it's, it's of that time as well. Um, but it's on a different, it's, it's kind of on a different level. It's very, even though it's live action, it's still almost more cartoony than a lot of cartoons. I do know that as well. Yeah. That's true. Um, which is great. Again, I'm not criticizing in any way. I'm not in a position to really praise or criticize it. I'm just I'm letting you know that I don't really know enough. Mm-hmm. Which not to like toot my own horn here, but I don't think that's something that enough people do. Like when you see people on TV arguing about stuff all the time, I'm I'm always wondering how much do they actually know about this topic to have such a passionate opinion. Not much. Because I don't know how much sports television you watch, but that's most of what it is now. I could probably bullshit my way through some sports opinions. <laughs> well, that's what they do, too, yeah. and they get paid a lot to do it. But it's like it all just devolves into Jordan's bed or no LeBron's bed. And it's like, it doesn't, no. anyway, so um, Michael Keaton's Batman is also my favorite on the list because you were talking about not liking the Ben Affleck, and whatever your opinion of that is, is fine, but. Every time a new Batman is announced, people hate it. Like when Robert Pattinson was announced, oh, the Twilight guy. Oh, yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. That guy. I don't know what voice I'm doing here. That is (laughs) Bueller. That guy sucks. (laughs) There's always like a deep, like a bassy bro voice whenever Mm -hmm. people. That's how I always read these tweets. He's like, dude, he's. I take a sip of your truly. Do what you got to do. My seltzer. Yeah, you're. What's your name again? Um, <laughs> it's not at all affiliated, but my name is Mariska Hardiseltzer. <laughs> so thanks for rubbing that in. <laughs> One of these days I'll stop laughing at that name. But, um, so here's the thing about Keaton's 89 portrayal. By the way, I prefer the 89 to Batman Returns, even though most people consider Returns to be the better film. Returns is too Tim Burton for me. Like it's too dark and in like a campy way, in in such a Tim Burton specific way. Like if you're a spe- if you're a fan of like Nightmare Before Christmas and a lot of you know Burton's films and that sort of weird view on filmmaking, mm-hmm. it's great. And I'm so I'm not criticizing it there, but like I just prefer more Batman than you know Edward Scissorhands or whatever. Do we know who directed 
Batman Forever? Uh, that would I think that I know that Robin was Joel Schumacher. I don't know okay. if he did both Forever and Robin, okay. but they're both tonally the same. So I feel like yeah, I feel like that was Joel Schumacher. I saw Val Kilmer once um, when I went to New York. He was walking outside of a dumpling shop oh. <laughs> in a trench coat, and he looked cool. I feel like <laughs> I feel like I can imagine like that. Yeah, that's what I would expect Val Kilmer to look like. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so you hated. <laughs> I was kind of going to go through these here again. Um, we already addressed George Clooney. I think Christian Bale is of a newer generation. What people will associate most with Batman, though, as far as a live action, like when you say Batman, they're going to think of Dark Knight first yeah. and foremost because they're always they're always going to think of Heath Ledger as a Joker. He was an excellent opposite to Heath Ledger's yeah. Joker. I I can't imagine anyone else playing Batman. I've always told people, and this isn't like, well, I guess we can talk about it. Like, with Heath Ledger, I always forget that that's an actual person. Meaning, like, his Joker is so um, dynamic on screen Mm -hmm. that I just legit feel like they casted the Joker himself in the movie. Yeah. And I know it's, there's a, definitely an added layer of sadness considering, you know, he passed, you know, towards the end of filming of the movie. But when I saw him on screen, it's just like, that's not even like a an actor. That's like a real, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I was watching a real, like a documentary at Did one point. Did he win an Oscar for that role? He won the posthumous, yeah, the best uh, supporting actor. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he deserved it. Yeah. That's among like the best film portrayals of any character ever. Yeah. If not right at the very top. I have not um, seen the Joker. I have not seen got the it over there. We got it. Walking yeah. Phoenix. I'm kinda scared. Um, it's funny because I had I had as much anxiety going into the theater to see Joker as I used to have to go see the Saw movies. <laughs> Even though they're not the same thing at all. Yeah, but I had the same Which I've never of, seen. Like I knew that I was gonna be uncomfortable for a great portion of the movie and that just like stressed me out. Like all day long knowing I was going to see the movie. And even still I have a hard time convincing myself to watch it again because I just know uh, how and it's such a great film, but it, it is very um yeah, it's very anxiety riddled. Mm-hmm. It's the other end of the spectrum of Borat, by the way. We're okay. at super yeah. stressful in a funny way, which I'm gonna be watching on my yeah. birthday. We gotta watch that. <laughs> Joker is is exceedingly stressful in a real way, like a mental way. Okay, it, since we're on the topic of stressful movies, the Adam Sandler movie on Netflix. Have you seen it? The one that is the new one. The- high, like anxiety. It's the serious movie. Not the, oh oh yeah um, uncut gems yeah uncut that's gems. as stressed out as I've ever been watching that a movie. is it, it a was point. a yeah. ten out of ten anxiety the whole time I've never seen a movie like that and I don't I don't know if there's ever been a movie made like that before where the anxiety is up here the whole time it's blood pressure out the roof it was an incredible performance by him but I would never see that one again either it's not just because he is overbearing as a character in that movie that you want to fight him but you want to fight him the whole movie because he stresses you out so much you're like, like dude down. just chill out yeah like exactly just chill 
the F uh, out. Yeah, you want to shake him and then hug him. You're like, okay, come on. And then you'll have like a, he'll have like a brief moment of victory. So you're like, all right, cool. And then immediately. But that's that lifestyle <laughs> though of like the, the whole gambling and the hustle and all that where it's like, no, I can't be satisfied. I got to keep pushing until I get myself killed pretty much. Like it is pretty stressful. Hmm. I'm going to like gently, because people that know me know I'm all over, you know me, I'm all over the place in conversation, so this isn't surprising anyone. I'm going to slightly disagree with you on the Affleck thing. Uh-oh, Just because I felt... Oh, <laughs> I don't think that by any stretch he's like at the top of portrayals on this list, but I just felt like given the material that he was given, what else could he have done with it? That's kind of the way I looked at mm. look at a lot of bad performances. I go, well, did they do Maybe. the best they could with it? Maybe. I Okay, the one thing I'll give him <laughs> is his jawline looked really good in that yeah, mask. <laughs> I, there's just so much about Justice League, the movie, Batman versus Superman, any of those, Suicide Squad, that I just watch. I'm just like, this is horrible material. Like, and they have some of the best material ever written to mine from. And this is mm-hmm. like the screenplay that we got. This is the script that we got. Like, I don't know. The whole Martha thing with Superman is just like, it's just bad on so many levels. Mm. Which is why I'm kind of intrigued yeah. to see if this Justice League thing coming up on HBO is any better. Because apparently they're getting Affleck to reprise his role. They're trying to get Margot Robbie to do shoot some more Harley, Harley Quinn scenes and mm-hmm. make it like a legit thing. But I like having universes like this where you, you're going to have Robert Pattinson as the new Batman. And then you're still going to have Batman material. That's, you know, Ben Affleck or whatever. Like I, I think Pattinson will be a better version for sure. But I was, I felt I, a lot of that reaction that Affleck got, like Pattinson got just for like Ben Affleck. Remember how bad Daredevil was? Which, by the way, I love Daredevil. Oh, yeah, Daredevil. <laughs> and I know it's bad, but I still love it. My thing is, like, I don't get society's need to criticize things before they happen or before they see them. I and I'm guilty don't of think this I too, criticized but... Ben Affleck. I think I criticized him less before. And yeah. dear, like, Deering, oof, it was rough. It is. For me. It, I mean, it is. And, you know, when you watch it, like I said, there's so many bad things about it, though, that I, I wonder. I'm just wondering how much of it's his fault. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll still suck in this Justice League stuff. But but what else has he been in that he excelled in? Yeah, it's funny that he might be a better director than actor. He might and be. And he's had I a agree. really yeah. strong acting career. But. I can't. Yeah. I can't point to any performances, though, where I, where I was like, wow. He carried that movie. Like, if you say, what's Affleck's crowning achievement? Mm-hmm. You might end up on Argo. Which was a or you complete, might... like, oh my God, that was overhyped. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. And you might end up Argo. on his, his supporting role <laughs> on Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting's probably the only one that I would be cool with. I'm not criticizing Goodwill Hunting. It's just funny though because Ben and his brother Casey are just playing themselves. They're just mm-hmm. playing Boston mm-hmm. Bros in that movie. <laughs> Casey Affleck is light years better C- than Casey's ben by far the better actor. Yeah. But I also think I didn't know this was gonna turn into an Affleck uh debate. Um I think Ben is the more you maybe may vehemently disagree with me on this. I think that Ben is like capable of showing um, stronger emotions in a movie as far as uh, demonstrative things 
Yeah, Casey Affleck Where Casey is, is more, more mellow nuanced. Just, yeah, he's a bit more mellow like, and just chill. And yeah, like I, I saw a lot of criticism criticism for Manchester by the Sea just because of how boring mm-hmm. people. Even though he won, like I think he won an Oscar for that, but like just how boring they thought Casey was in that movie. But the whole point that's kind of the point of it too. Yeah, it's more of the, those internal emotions than just you know exploding yeah. on screen. But this okay, this makes me think of Matt Damon naturally and what um what wrestler looks like matt damon but swole <laughs> Do I, am, come on am i supposed to yeah you're come oh, i'm on. supposed to, i'm the wrestling guy i need to know yeah. this uh dang give me a hint john cena yeah oh okay i guess he, well they're both boston guys so that makes sense they are yeah both boston. oh my gosh john cena is is a swole Ben Affleck. It's so I've funny. never noticed, but now that you said Compare, it, I'll see that. Yeah. Now. Do a side by side. I'm telling you. Wow. Yeah. I I think John Cena is a pretty good actor too. Yeah. He's exceedingly better than I thought he would be like in the mid two thousands. He did that movie, the Marine. Yeah. Which was okay, I'm but sorry. like you would have never no, go for it. You never would have thought from that, that he would end up being, you know, he's not like a super superstar in Hollywood, at least as far as act, his acting goes. But mm-hmm. he gets a lot of good gigs now. Yeah, and he's really funny. Yeah, like in Trainwreck, he was funny. And was it Sisters, the Tina Fey and Amy Poehler mm-hmm. movie? He's funny mm-hmm. in that too, where he was like all tatted and everything. Yeah, and he's gonna be in Fast and Furious. Like it's. I mean, I look. I, I think everybody loves The Rock. Like they're just across the board. He's yeah. he's good at what he does, but I think John Cena's pretty good at the the family yeah. comedies too. And uh, Cena has a uh, a wholesome quality that it's hard to replicate. Mm-hmm. Um, like you see, you hear him doing like voiceovers for Honda commercials and hefty trash bag commercials and mm-hmm. stuff. And yeah, like, his voice just sounds like what it should sound like for a commercial like that. Yeah. So. Hey, buy my, buy glad bags. And he's like, he's admittedly corny too. <laughs> like he's, he's not super self-serious. Like that's one yeah. of the things that makes, it's what made him like a great wrestling character too, was that, you know, he knew not to take himself too serious. Mm-hmm. It's like what we were talking about off air earlier with Letterman, where Letterman's like the smartest person in any room, but he knows to kind of play the buffoon character because it's funnier uh-huh. than the guy that tries to tell you how smart he is all the time. Yeah. So, um, so back to Batman real quick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts on, I don't know how familiar you are with the animated series and Kevin Conroy or with the Will Arnett uh, Lego voice. Cause that's among my favorites. Now I've got the Lego Batman movie over there. The so. animated somewhat the uh, Lego, not much, but I, I am very familiar with Will Arnett and um, he has to be amazing in that role. Uh, this yeah. is me not seeing it. He, his voice probably carries that movie it's wonderful and like he was the standout of the original lego movie like his batman character was that's why it got its own spinoff movie is because it was such a standout yeah and speaking of someone that can pull off a serious voice but doesn't take themselves too serious like will arnett mm-hmm. is one of those guys like I, I, told, I was telling you the other night like he he got his start from doing like jewelry commercials because he has that deep soothing yeah. voice. He's like coming over to whatever jewelers and getting like, and he was showing off jewelry and like what a what a wonderful voice. I th- I think one of my favorite th- one of my favorite movies ever is Hot Rod. And I just think his you've seen Hot Rod, right? Yes. 
his character where he's um, what's her name's boyfriend. That yes sounded like I was just lying. I was like, no, no, yes. No, no. I know you're trying to think. But you're I know it. it's. Uh, yeah. I, I know this. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of my favorite movie characters ever. Is his obnoxious boyfriend and uh, hot rod. Mm-hmm. So. Um, fun fact, everyone. Um, Nate looks like Will Arnett. <laughs> I look like. Thank you. I take it as a compliment. I look like Will Arnett when I'm clean shaven, which I accidentally am. That's why he brought right up now. Will Arnett because he wanted every he I wanted did me want to the say. Compliment. Actually, I yeah. I was actually like no joke. I was hoping that it would come up whenever. Yeah, <laughs> that's why Will Arnett's on the list. That is okay. So <laughs> this whole segment about Batman is because he wanted people this, to know that he looks like Will Arnett. Everything about this was engineered for me to get one yeah. compliment. So there you go. So. Yeah, I'll take it. Look, whatever. But there's a whole list, I think, that would actually benefit the show, too. There's a whole list of movies, even right up there, that I think would be good for a marathon. Because I, I think that it would be another opportunity for you and I to bond over our friendship. Because mm-hmm. I, I think that we laugh at the same stuff all yeah. the time. Yeah, I think I, w- I was just telling my boyfriend that... Um, Somehow Nate and I seem like we were we grew up together. We've we watched do. like we everything. Yeah. We do. So I also like that you I don't think that you did that on purpose, but that was such a thing that was such a great snapshot of my life too, where I was like, Let's have a movie marathon and you said I have a boyfriend. Yeah. That I have was a, absolutely yeah. exactly what to be clear. <laughs> I have a boyfriend. That was like I, that's why I didn't even phase me because I was like that's my whole life. Hey, you want to do something? No, I have a boyfriend. Okay, cool. I mean, we can, but I have a boyfriend. Your still... your boyfriend's one of my favorite people in the world. I would never. <laughs> anyway, yeah, he knows that. What up? I don't want to say his name because I don't no. want to get him in trouble. But uh, we need a name for him too. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm not implying that your name isn't your name. I'm just saying that we need a code name for him. Yeah, because like we're not like super serious, so I don't want him to get a big head. Oh, no. You know what I mean? Like I don't want him to everybody be like, "Oh, this is Mariska Hard Seltzer's <laughs> boyfriend," so she's taken. I, I'm kind of trying to keep it low key. What did he say that one time you were mentioning that he uh, had had a, a few drinks? He was on the wagon mm-hmm. or off. The, see, I don't even remember. I told you I didn't retain that information. Yeah. There was a wagon involved. There was a wagon. He had some alcohol. He was off the wagon, (laughs) and I was like, wait a second. You're on the wagon now. That's when the whole argument started. That's when I started to question my relationship with him because we were arguing. But didn't he, at one point, months back, say something about, he mentioned he had been single, or that's why he had been single. I don't want to ruin it because you telling the story is funnier. Oh, man. Um or that's why I haven't had a girl. I don't know. It, he got really. <laughs> he was just. I wouldn't say he was blackout. Um, I don't date people who get blackout. Um, he he was just a little bit tipsy, and he just randomly like leaned. He he out of the blue. Everybody else was having conversations about like rappers and just fun stuff, and he was like, and. And this is why I've been single most of my life and why I've chosen to be. And I, we were like, what? what? <laughs> and he just smiled. And then I knew. I was like, he's off the wagon. <laughs> 
he must be off the wagon. That smile, and I know yeah. exactly the one you're talking about. The one that is... doesn't come out unless, like, he has dimples. I have big dimples, and this man has dimples. It's too much. So I want to ask you this: Is we did you have any more thoughts on Batman or anything? We kind of covered a lot of topics there, but that's kind of what we do anyway, and that's what I do on here anyway. So I'm good with it going off the rails. So my only other thought about yeah. Batman is I just want to I just want to come back to how excited I am to see emo yes. Batman. Yeah. Um, it kind of harkens back to the emo Spider-Man. Do you remember that part with Tommy? To- I'm, I mean, I'm everybody one of the few people that. that is a fan of I, emo Spider-Man. I so. loved so there it. There we go. Look at us again. So I'm ready for emo Batman and everything and again, I've seen him in, everything I've seen um, Twilight Boy in has been yeah, really well, good. I can't think of really many things that Pattinson's done that have been like bad. Yeah. Cosmopolis. Yeah. He's the done Lighthouse. some great stuff. Yeah. And again, too, let me clarify something. Not that I need to over-explain myself here, but I'm aware of how bad Spider-Man 3 is. Like, I'm perfectly aware of it. Like, But I'm fine with it. I, I still enjoy it. People mm-hmm. are allowed to like what they like. Yep. There's a whole generation of people, a whole world of people that love the show Friends. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna let that sit. I didn't even want to. I didn't even want to explain my take on that. We can do that later. Yeah, but I'm not gonna say anything either. Then <laughs> there's a whole group of people that I know that hate Seinfeld. I love Seinfeld, and I understand why they hate it because it, it's kind what? of a stressful show. It is kind of stressful. I was telling my friend Eric this today that it's kind of stressful, and if you want your characters in a show to learn something mm-hmm. or to improve themselves in any way, Seinfeld's not the show for you because it's nine seasons of them never learning anything yeah, and them having sort of a jaded look on. I think that's why people love It's Always Sunny so much because It's Always Sunny is super honest about how, pardon my language, how shitty of human beings that they are. Oh, am I supposed to pardon my language before I you say something because I, I haven't care. done that this whole time? No, you don't have- I don't even recall. Have you cursed? I, I, don't even I recall. think so. You may have. Oh, I I, I, maybe not. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> nah, I don't care. I mean, my mom listens, but it should be all right. It's, it's okay. What up, mom? So, Well, probably... I have a tattoo now, so. Oh, no. Now, now we're really corrupted here. <laughs> it is exciting, though. I still haven't really got a chance to look at it yet. but um. Nobody can. It's bandaged up. Man, so. keeping it under wraps, literally. Yeah. Um, Speaking of raps, do you have... Yes. Do you, <laughs> are we natural, about to talk about Hootie Who? We are. Natural okay. segue there. So when I when I utter the phrase Hootie Who, what does that make you think of? I pose that question to you, but I'm also posing it to the audience because well, I have some notes on it here. Back in the day, it just made me think of Outcast. But right. now, Same here. Yeah. I've used that term so much in my life that it's... That it's kind of blended into all kinds of parts of my life. So now it's, at least for the past few years, I when I'm driving, um, I say hooty hoo when I think that I'm going to get in an accident or some or somebody's going. Most of the time, when somebody's going to hit me yes. because I'm a really good driver, um, I'm the best driver I know. I don't like to ride with my boyfriend or with anybody really. Um, because I'm the best driver. That time that you took me to work when my car was broke down was a pretty smooth yeah. drive. I don't yeah. recall any, you know, you didn't run over anybody. No. Any animals. No. Hit curbs. No. 
no, never. And when I think when I think it's going to happen, I say hooty hoo, <laughs> and it just makes the whole driving process a lot less stressful. And I thank Outcast for that. But I asked Nate the other day. I was like, "Does this originate with in an Outcast song?" And I, I think you might have some. So. I always understood it as also from Outcast, but I always understood it as something you yell out when you see the police. Especially yeah, like, like if you're at a party. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I know people are sensitive, maybe not as much as they were a few months ago, but that's still a big topic, especially going into an election is police presence and all that. And so we were out the other night about to cross the street and I was about to just go even though I didn't have the light and then that cop drove by and I was like, okay, no, it's probably not. We yelled out Hootie Who, you know, so. Mm. But ironically, I have some notes here. Hootie Who was first heard on the widest show on television, the Andy Griffith show. <laughs> <laughs> it was the greeting at the lodge to which Andy belonged. Its current usage would be more surprising if there were not so many other references to the show in urban colloquial language. So, as an example, hootie hoo, Andy, good to see you back at the lodge. <laughs> I'm not really going to hit the um, the notes of these as I go through some of these. I just kind of want to read them as is. Um, also, behind the scenes in my head, I think it's funnier that way. Um, but, yeah, it was popularized definitely by a couple different outcast songs. And through that hip-hop culture, it kind of became part of that, as it said there with the Andy Griffith show. Mm-hmm. Sort of the urban colloquial language where... You're you're not sure where you know Hootie Who from, but you know that you know it, and you know that it's important. So um, the first reference that Outkast made to it was in their song Slump off the Equimini album, and here's <laughs> some lyrics for that. I'm strictly stressing dirty, dirty, going to represent it to the T-top, born mm, and bred up mm. on the street top, get to the money and sweet spot, and for he- forever hollin' Hootie Who when we see cops. I kind of butchered Holland. that last part. But and there's some other. <laughs> I won't read these because some of them are inappropriate. But there's us some other. saying "hootie who" is the widest instance. Oh yeah, that's of what's Hootie even who. greater about like. this. I, I've realized that I'm I'm not really in a position to have these conversations. But to me, that's what makes it great. And speaking of as a tease, we're gonna go deep dive into Atlanta area hip hop, and as a full okay. episode at some point. So. Um, but then also there was an entire song that Outkast did yes. called Hootie Who. Yes. Um, so one more lyric from that. One for the play is at the crib, dank and drinks. And two is for the sound Hootie Who that I make. Hootie Who, tight like always, smoked out always. Hootie Who, yeah, Hootie Who. Big boy on the left, Andre's on my right. Tight like always, smoked out always. Hootie Who. May I just read one thing that I see here? Yes, go for um, it. <laughs> uh but doper than a junkie or a pookie cuz it's on so each one teach one i be claiming true two weeks born in college park and the things i used to do around atl home of the pimps and the money makers club magic city and them's other places (laughs) (laughs) and i want to let the audience in we're both massive fans of especially early area early era outcast i am offended if this they, isn't, if people don't like Outkast, this what isn't is in any way you? a knock on their lyrics. We're not laughing at the lyrics. No, or anything. it's laughing because no. we're the ones reciting them. We That's love more them, it and is. it's so embarrassed. Like I would be so embarrassed if Big Boy or Andre 
heard us right now. I hope now. they hear it. I mean, it would be like. <laughs> I, well, I kind of um, hope they. I don't know if I. Anyway, um, I, I'm also deeply offended when people only know "Hey Ya" or "The Way You Move." Like that's their reference, or even "Roses" for Outcast. Yeah, I'm like you're just getting the main, and that's fine. But you're just getting that mainstream yeah. speaker box love below album. You really, or even Miss Jackson. And I'm like, there's so much depth to their music. That yeah, you really need to know. Um, do you have any more before we deep dive on um, Outcast in, a, in Atlanta area hip hop in a future episode? Do you have anything else you want to say about the origins of Hootie Who or Outcast before we close the show? Not really. All I gotta say is Hootie Who. Hootie Who. On our way out, give us one more vision of the future, according to David Letterman. So right. this is the world of the future. Good night, everyone. Youngsters of the future will be bored with today's chemistry sets. New science kits like this one will explore exciting areas like the world of animal DNA. Kids will love playing with the building blocks of life. This set will include hypodermic syringes and 22 kinds of DNA. They'll also get an idea booklet for creating strange pets. <laughs>